Germans. But frankly, who cares? You are listening to the greatest sports show on the planet. The Season Ticket, in association with Inspired to Change Bristol. Helping to get your life back on track. You're listening to Jack's Radio. Jack's Radio. That's the Foo Fighters on Jack's Radio. How you doing? It's Brimo. It is Kev. It is Ash. And uh, it is Morgs. Anyway, we're we're light on the ground. I think that's the fairest thing to say. Listen to the season ticket. How you doing, boys? You okay? Yeah, good, good, mate. Well, okay, bro. Thank good you. stuff. Yeah. So quality over quantity. Tonight, yeah. Well, bro. I think so. I think that's that's probably um, that's certainly how we're marketing it tonight. Um, we got the staunch. We got the the backbone of the season ticket. Lance the core four. What is Lance doing tonight? Anybody know? No. 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 He just sent a message saying, "Have a good one, lads. I miss you." He doesn't miss us that much, does he? Because he'd be here if he missed us that much. <laughs> but I know he's having a, he's having a bit of week off. Um, he's not here next week either. So he's turning to Dan, frankly. And speaking of Dan, after all we did for him last week, shocking. Got Leslie Joseph to send him a nice message. Where's he this you reckon week? If he thinks if he gives it another week, I'll get Pauline Quirk. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> I, I think. Prob- what's, I mean, what's he doing tonight? Throwing sriracha sauce everywhere, somewhere, Probably. over something. You know, I just think it's a shame. Or it's someone, shame, you know, you see, when 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 somebody in, in a relationship is making all the effort, yeah, and then somebody else is, isn't pulling their weight, you know, it's worrying. It's, uh, you know, you give him a big send off, then he came back. Then he, yeah, I mean, he just can't get a start. Unless he? he's actually gone and found Leslie Joseph. Possibly, possibly. I mean, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be a development? We wouldn't put it past him, in fairness. Yeah, I hope not for her sake, to be honest. So, <laughs> I got a great Dan story from this week. Um, so, Helen's son is also called Dan. She wanted to know if he was going to be home for tea. So, I rang him up and had this voice on the end of the phone going, Hello, mate, how you doing? And I'm like, Yeah, you home for tea? And he went, Yeah. And then I realised it was our Dan. <laughs> <laughs> like, he said, oh, did, he co- did he come round for tea? Well, no, no. It's just like, yeah, I'm in for tea. Yeah, <laughs> you coming over or what? But yeah, and I suddenly realised. I thought oh, that's the wrong Dan. That's the wrong Dan. But anyway, that says more about me than it does about anything else. You didn't say because I'm here with your mum and she's very worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I no, I didn't know. I kept that one. On the dang low. So, uh, there you go. There you go. Um, so, have you been watching lots of sport this week, guys? What's been what's been on the agenda so far this week? Oh, well, from my point of view, there's not so much Super League this week, but I've got a bit to talk about later on. Cool. Uh, I've, I've taken Lance's little role of having a little roundup of a few different bits and pieces that other people might not have seen. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Uh, Lowy's on later, which is great. Um he, he wanted generally Lowy likes an early start. He's like the opening bat, and he? he likes an early start. Uh, uh, the messages I get from Lowy are brilliant. Tonight's message um, is this Brim, I need to go second or third as we are having sweet chili chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll have a lot of chat to him about chicken later, I'm sure. Chicken will come up as a conversation. It just like, <laughs> I thought it was a really random fact that. He needed to go second or third because of the chicken, the chili chicken. 
At least we know Lowy's own for tea, though. Bruno. He's in for tea. I know you like yeah, to check up no, on that I know, one. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, good I with that. I always think it's, it's healthy to see a person who really knows their bowel. You yeah, know? And yeah. They know what sort of times they're going to need <laughs> things and stuff. You know, that just goes to show that he's got good relationship with his elementary canal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Right. Um, anyone got any tweets of the week? I got, I got a couple. Go on, Ash. I got, I got a couple turns into three, but they're all interconnected. That's fine. Um, so the first one is um, is uh, Bleacher Report. I don't know if any of you guys follow them. Bleacher Report reported that uh, Aaron Jones, who, who plays for the Packers, wore a football chain that contained his late father's ashes during his four-touchdown performance um, on Sunday. But he actually lost it in the end zone. So the grand crew were looking for it. And he was quoted as saying at the time, if there was any place to lose it, I know that's where my dad wanted me to lose it. And it was a little chain that was in a tiny shape of a, a, a football and it must have got ripped off when he was doing it. So that went out late Sunday night. Uh, and then on Monday, he tweeted, found at 1.45am, thank you to our trainer, Brian the Flea Engel. I'm forever grateful. And they managed to find this tiny little chain in the end zone, which still had his, uh, his dad's ashes in it. Which Amazing. I found it. I, I didn't know where I sat on that story, whether that was, that was appropriate or inappropriate. But I just thought it was a really interesting little yeah. story. And he, and he put up four touchdowns, which, looking at it, um, he's the first player to record four touchdowns on Monday Night Football uh, since Marshall Falk did it, did it against the Bucks in 2000. So, Amazing. obviously, bought, bought him a little bit of luck. Yeah, and that's nice. I think it's a nice... I mean, I'm not yeah. sure. If I was playing NFL, I'm not sure I'd want to wear my dad's ashes around my neck. This is quite a physical game. Something like that's likely to happen, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice story. It's a nice story. Yeah. Nice to have a nice ending as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Anybody else got anything? I've got a random one, Brim, completely off at a tangent, but uh, this is from Giles Paley Phillips, and it's quoting a tweet from the Flat Earth Society. Ah, right. Which says, the Flat Earth Society has members all around the globe. Nice. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> That's <laughs> made me chuckle. Yeah. Made me chuckle. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's something that we... Uh... Yeah, we should cover a flat earth. We should get some flat earthers on the show, I reckon. Do you reckon we know any? I don't know any. Do you, I, do you know any? I reckon we do. I reckon. I, I, reckon, I, hope I don't know any. I, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon you'd be surprised. I wonder if Dan's a flat earther. What do you reckon? I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, I have to say. Oh. You know, he, he, he drives one of those red scooter things around Bristol, which drives me insane, those things. I only hate yeah, them secondary takes, to Joey Byron. It umbrage when we have a pop about it as well. Yeah, you? well, I have nothing good. To, actually, I saw a kid the other day, t- to my point about people not having any road sense when they re- use them, came flying out of a road at a car. So, to my point, he, he was a very lucky lad to, to get up again. I'm amazed it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. yeah and I've got a tweet of the week about parenting, actually. Oh, uh, go on then. Yeah. It's for somebody called Amanda. It just says, being a parent is teaching your children that it's kind to share. And then eating a packet of crisps as quietly as possible in the toilet, so you don't have to give any. Yes, <laughs> that's my kind of parenting. That's yeah. my kind of parenting. Um, okay, so um, question of the week for you guys this week, and it's caused Morgs absolutely. So we're going to have to do this. For, I think we're going to have to do it for him. Yeah. Um, uh, so I want to know what song best describes you. Okay. So that is the question of the week. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on Twitter at uh, Season Ticket JR. What does JR stand for, Kev? Jack's Radio. There you go. Professional. 
professional. So yeah, what song best describes you? Um, and there's a, there's a secondary question to this week as well, because I've been absolutely outraged tonight um, with news, right? That Greg's are doing away with the sausage bean and cheese melt. My kids will be distraught. I'm absolutely devastated. That was just be a nice little lunchtime treat for me. Couldn't have one. No, I'd have to have two. Not every day. <laughs> Not every day. But um, I used to love that. I love them. But I can't believe that I, I, McDonald's mugged me off with the breakfast wrap. They they did away with that because of COVID. I mean, blame COVID for that. That's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> So I also market, want to know. Market forces. I also market want to know. Forces. I'm clearly not eating enough of it because nobody's listening to me. I, I want to know what your favourite baked goods are. As a little side, oh, as a little that's side that's a good one. I like that. All right. So, uh, what song best describes you? And what is your favourite baked goods? Um, absolutely devastated to hear that Greg's are doing away with the sausage bean and cheese melt. I've just literally ruined a meal. Um, Helen's mum was over cooking tonight lovely fish meal and I ruined it by going on about the sausage bean and cheese melt so uh, it's fair to the, t- the tweet didn't come up on your phone you didn't spit your food out it's all over fair to say I wasn't over popular during the meal but hey hey what you can only speak what's on your mind at any one time can you so uh, there you go right um big news this week in the world of football and a world of sport I know you'll probably touch on it later Morgs but I think it'd be remiss of us if we don't touch on it. It's the passing of Jimmy Greaves um, with absolutely insane... I mean, the numbers, Ash, firstly, that man. I know he's he's not the all-time record goal scorer for England, but he's probably England's best ever goal scorer in, in terms of... He just scored... My dad was talking about him yesterday, and he was just saying, it didn't matter where he went, he, he just scored goals, you know? He, he scored in Milan, he scored at Chelsea, he scored at Tottenham, he scored at, you know, he, he transcended all those London clubs and they all love him. Yeah. And that, Natural goal scorer, wasn't he? Incredible. He was just goal, goal, goal on every debut, am I right, on that yeah, one as well? Yeah. For, for every club, so, West, yeah. West Ham, and he played at Barnet as well. Um, I, I, I obviously, we're all of a generation where we didn't get to see him play, but yeah. I remember sort of 12 months ago watching the BT Sports special on him. And I saw a lot of footage there, which I hadn't seen before of him. Yeah. And it's, they weren't just in-the-box finishes. Some of the goals he scored in, in, in his early days at Chelsea were unreal. Yeah. Some of the finishes were fantastic. Um, what a player. Absolutely unreal. And obviously carried the burden of, of missing out in, in the 66 final as well, which we'll, we'll probably touch on a little bit as well. Yeah, that, I mean, that, um, that was... I mean, his numbers. So 661 appearances, 466 goals... Um, he was he was the top goal scorer in the in the old first division a record six times. He scored on debut for Chelsea, England, Spurs, and Milan. England's fourth highest goal scorer. His record for England is still when you look at it now, fifty seven caps, forty four goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That that alone is an unbelievable stat, isn't it? You know, you know, six England hat tricks is the most England hat tricks. 132 goals in four seasons for Chelsea. And he, he was, you know, he was a World Cup winner, although he probably he probably won't count that, will he, because he didn't play in that final. So a great interview. I think you shared it, Kev, didn't you, with Ian Woolridge? Yeah, um, he, when spoke talk quite, about uh, it. he was quite subdued about it and spoke about it quite mm. like um, openly about the, the sort of 
the pain of it and how he just wanted to get away from Wembley yeah. after, after it was all done because, you know, it would have been the peak of his career, wouldn't it? You know, and uh, and it, it also points out sort of the um, the pragmatism of Ramsey that he didn't just put him straight back in the squad because he said he was fit, but he just lost his place with the injury that he'd had. Yeah. And the team dictated that he didn't get in. So he said he said you know he did the right thing we won the world cup but you know it's he was never going to get over that himself no and it, it did have an effect on him but he was at pains to point out actually that he he, he said that, that 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 sort of in his his sort of midlife sort of he had problems with alcoholism he didn't necessarily put it down to that i think he he thought that was sort of in him anyway because of his personality and um, then the story of the rest of his life isn't it his, his life as a, as a, you know as we all knew him as as an entertainer really on yeah. the telly with, with Saint yeah. and Greavesy. And when he was at his lowest with his alcoholism, I think he, his, his marriage sort of um, dissolved, but then he reunited with his wife who was called Irene, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they were together every day since from then, you know, and, and, and she was by his side when he passed away. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, as an entertainer, as a, as a child, you know, uh, you know, my early formative years were in the eighties. Um, my Saturday, and I think I sort of described it earlier on this week to you guys, that my, my Saturday, before going to watch football at Eastville, my Saturday morning was, you sort of watch Saturday morning TV as you do as a kid, 12 o'clock or 12.30, it was singing greasy. Then it was Airwolf, and then it was the foot, then after football. But singing greasy was just, I mean, it was the original sort of football magazine show, really. Mm-hmm. I think without singing greasy, there's no Soccer AM and all these trendy shows you, you see now that they, they they were really different and and back then the knowledge it wasn't just the knowledge of the, the game at the highest level it was the knowledge of the game throughout the levels um and, you know he was a, a regular commentator for, on birmingham games for central tv yeah. I remember seeing him at twerton um he spoke, know, spoke to us as well which yeah was lovely. yeah yeah you said that in the week yeah so what did he have to say well we i i, I Still remember it like yesterday. We, me and Dad got up there really early because uh, it was a big game, wasn't it? That that Birmingham game yeah, on a huge. Tuesday night. Yeah. And um, I can remember queuing up outside the turnstiles, and he came walking across the car park, and Dad sort of said, "Oh, that's Jimmy Greaves there. Yeah. I'm gonna say hello." And as he walked past, he went, "Hey, Jimmy, how are you?" And he just turned and went, "Like, why are you daft on there queuing up so early to get in? You know, you stupid buggers, you know, yeah. like that." And then yeah. he just turned, thumbs up, and he's like, "Enjoy, enjoy the game, lads." And he was, it was just brilliant. Dad, dad was starstruck just yeah. looking at him. Well, I think like, people oh, like your dad, my dad, like my dad's 77. Uh, and, I, and I said to my dad, Jimmy Christa, and he was quite visibly upset about it. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he, he was a real hero. And Lois just joined us as well, Lois. We were talking about Jimmy Greaves. Um, I, I just think, you know, you look at those numbers and, and the, what he achieved and, and not only what he he was the original superstar footballer that went on to TV, really. Really interesting, Brim. You mentioned about sort of St. Degrees being the first sort of magazine program. I was yeah. listening to Jim, Jim Rosenthal in the tributes on Sunday. Yeah. And he sort of said that they almost had to twist his arm to come and do TV. And that he, basically his wife said, get out and do it. Get out of the bloody house yeah. sort of thing, you know. But they sort of decided very quickly they couldn't, they didn't really want to compete with football focus. They wanted to do something different. And that wasn't that, you know, that sort of market. And it was so, so like you, Brim, we're a similar age, aren't we? Yeah. I remember that. It was just like, it was mind-blowing TV at the time for yeah. football coverage, wasn't it? But I mean, just if I can just go back to some more numbers as well. Yeah, of course they, you can. It blew yeah. my mind, you know. We mentioned 44 and 57 for England. 
Uh, most goals in the English top flight. He scored 357 goals in 516 games in the English first division, English top flight at the time. 266 in 379 for Spurs. 41 goals in 60-61. They're double winning season. Uh, uh, sorry, so that was for Chelsea. Sorry, that was Spurs double winning season. But 41 goals in 60-61 is a record in the season for Chelsea. And he also holds a Spurs record for 37 in 62-63. Those numbers are incredible. And like Ash said, the range of goals he scored. But for me, watching back all the footage and stuff, he'd never looked like he was trying. It was effortless. He, yeah. he glided across the pitch. He was always in the right place. You know, he had that yard of space. You know, he was quick, but he wasn't lightning quick. He was just a very, very clever footballer. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me, you know, again, I remember him a bit more on the telly and stuff as, sort of, you know, an entertainer and a pundit type thing. But he was talking in the interviews that come out sort of in the week and in the tributes. He didn't really sort of, he wasn't in love for football that much. It was just something he did because he could. You know, he'd always found it come really naturally to him. And it, it wasn't until he got a bit older that he realised actually what he'd achieved and stuff. And I think that, that's quite fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No, absolutely it is. So, and he, you know, he barely left London either, did he? He barely left home. Yeah. I know he went to Milan, but, you know, he played for a lot of clubs in and around the London area. So, um, yeah, proper, proper, you know, for me, you know, I didn't, I didn't know him as the footballer. Did you ever see him play, Louis? Never. Sorry? You didn't? No, not in the flesh, no. No, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. There you I, go. Um, I was thinking the other day who, um, who had the vision to put him and Saints together. Because that was, that was, I mean, you know, as you said a minute ago, it's, it was just cutting-edge TV. Yeah, it was, absolutely. But, but the combination of those two was just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Ian Sir John used to just laugh at it. I mean, he spent half that programme just laughing over some yes. of Jimmy, Jimmy Grieve Saint you know, said. Or... We all saw the clip, I don't know if we, I, I saw it the other day, I'd not seen it before, when yes. they were talking about the... The Cambridge Boat Race, also yeah. Cambridge Boat Race. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, 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 in St John's just trying to be dev yeah. and keep it together. It's an amazing it's throwaway. It's a sort of throwaway line that you would find on here on that clip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was just, it was just brilliant. And he was, the man was a genius on the football pitch and he was, a, I thought he was a genius in the TV studio as well. And uh, yeah. it was really sad and, and, and seeing pictures of him of late, you know, there's a picture of Harry Kane with him. I guess is is fairly recently, and in the last few years, he looks very he looks a very unwell man, which was a real it's really sad to see him in that state. So, so there you go. That's our little tribute to uh, Jimmy Greaves. I don't think we'll ever see his like again, guys. Absolutely. So we got um, Ash coming up with some NFL stuff shortly. We've got more, a bit more football. Kev's going to do a bit of this, that and the other uh, as a, a bit of a round-up. And Lowy will be on a bit later on talking about cricket and golf. Big question though, Lowy. Uh, how was the chilli chicken? The sweet chilli chicken? Yeah. It was lovely, but I had to go back and get some more chilli sauce. So it wasn't quite chilli enough? Well, I just... I just left me rice, and uh, it's a bit of a schoolboy area. I've just got no sauce on the rice, so I'll have to go and get a bit more. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, beautiful job. Good man. Right, <laughs> kick this show off in a few minutes. Um, Frank Turner and haven't been doing so well. Brilliant tune this. Morgs, I reckon you'll like this. This guy um, is an emerging artist. Uh, it's got an album. It's called uh, Haven't Been Doing So Well as well. Check this out. It's brilliant. Daytime on Jack's Radio. Wake up with Abby. Take your lunch break with Brimo. And drive home with Jared. 
Jacks Radio. Turn it up to the Jacks. So that's Frank Turner and the track is called Haven't Been Doing So Well. That is a brilliant tune. Emerging artist. Get him checked out. Uh, he's all over places on Twitter. He's all over those places. So, uh, yeah, Morgs, I thought you'd really like that. And you just messaged me and said you did. So, uh, all good. All good. Right, Ash, um, second weekend of the NFL season. I think Cats must yeah. have this week. So, so tell, just fill us in. Let us know what went on. I'm going to start off with the big the big game of the week. Uh, was in our fantasy league. I'm going to start on this one. I took on uh, Kev in one of our fantasy leagues. Me and Kev are in two. Um and Kev gave me an absolute pounding in one of our fantasy leagues. Uh, I we, think we, I only we, scored we, twice as many points as you, did I? We, yeah, you did. I've got it open on the screen here. And we, 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 for those who don't know, we do a, a, a redraft league, which is um, where every, every, we have a Sunday night. And the last couple of years, we've done it on Zoom, Kev, haven't we? Which has been brilliant. And, and we get everyone in the team and you re-pick your team every year, um, which has been great fun. Um, and so we started does, so up can you tell me how that works then? So does everybody pick a squad, is it? Yeah, so you, you, you draft as in you would do a traditional draft, everybody. So 50 get a random. Uh, well, you, we, our squad, I think, set at about 16, Kev, I think, off the top of my head in our redraft. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get your draft order, so whoever's first gets first pick, second, and it snakes around again, so it repeats itself. The beauty of it is, compared to fantasy Premier League football, is nobody can ever have the same player, right. which makes it... I, I, which I really like. It makes it a lot oh, more. Okay, so if you get Mahomes, then then nobody else can have him. Nobody else can have him, oh, which is great. Cool. I like that, yeah. But you've also got bye weeks to contend with as well, so you've got to know which weeks teams are not playing. So that I don't know if you pick up one tight end, mm. you want to make sure that you you can pick somebody up off, off the waivers or the you know like what would be a free transfer to, to do that. And that's brilliant. We've run that for about six six years now, and that's been great fun. It, it really adds to a Sunday night. Um, and then we've started something called a dynasty league, which which is new for all of us. And uh, that one is a little bit more like a real life manager. So you, we had our draft, which was called a slow draft. I think it's fair to say, Kev, it was relatively slow. It took best part it of what, three weeks. Was, yeah. it took three weeks to complete the draft because there's no you don't have any time on the clock, and you you have your players, but you keep them every year, Brim. And then when they have the rookies go in, you just do a rookie draft every year. And Kev. Kev handed me my backside on the plate this weekend. He scored 150 points and I scored 76. Um, it was it wasn't even close. So Lamar Jackson at 32 points for him, and then when you look at him, he got he got a locket for Seattle. I think went for nearly 200 yards and a touchdown. He had McLaurin for Washington, Travis Kelsey as well. Um, Christ, I, I'm looking at the scores here. My only decent score is Najee Harris with 16 points. So uh, I'm publicly saying well done, Kev, because you you. You absolutely ripped me to pieces in that one. It's literally the first time you've mentioned it as well. I thought I'd been very magnanimous about it. <laughs> hey, but I did beat you in the redraft last week, so I'll let that sneak in. It's just going to end, gonna end it on that little note. Yeah, I like I had that. to get out and end like that. But yeah, no, no, it's been a it's been a steady start, Brim, with the NFL. I'd be remiss of me. I've been asked to mention that the Broncos have gone two and zero with their uh, their twenty three thirteen victory over the Jags at the weekend. Trevor Lawrence for a couple of interceptions. Um, I think he's landed in the NFL with a little bit of a bang. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Doesn't help that he's with the Jags. Um, he hasn't got the weapons, the time um, that he had before. What he has done well, he's done really well. He, you know, he's, 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 he can throw a laser. Um, but like I say, through a couple of interceptions. But we had, we had a couple of interesting results over 
over the weekend. Um, the Washington football team, who I hope keep that name. I hope they don't do anything stupid and take on Red Tails or some of these other names that have been thrown around. Uh, beat the Giants 30-29 in the, um, the the overnight Thursday game. Um, I'll mention the Jets. The Jets were Jetsy on the weekend. Um, lost 25-6 to the, to the Patriots. I watched the game on a delay, so I ignored everything. Came home, sat down and watched it 8.30 at night. Worst two and a half hours I've, I've watched in a long time. Uh, New England have won 11 straight games, I think it is now, against the Jets, which is just horrific. You know, you know we're going to lose every time. Um, the Bills put right their week one wrong, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in, in a 35-0 uh, victory shutout against the Dolphins, and it's Buffalo's largest uh, shutout win since week three in 1992. So they they, they put them to the sword, and... Um, they look good. Um, Alan looked good as well. They 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 stepped it up. They look really good. I caught the highlights last night. 49ers uh, beat the Eagles 17-11. Uh, so 49ers have gone gone out to 2-0. and And interestingly, um, a nice little fact, uh, San Francisco have made the Super Bowl in each of the last two seasons where they started 2-0. and So that's a little bit of an omen there. Mm. And obviously they got uh, the two quarterbacks uh, working in tandem. And Jimmy G threw a touchdown and uh, I think he snuck in for one as well, which was his first touchdown in, in a couple of years. So whatever they're doing is working at the moment, but they've got running back issues, um, injuries um, galore. Um, and then they've got people like Brandon Oak there who I was expecting big things on and he's just not not got going this year. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that's handled. Uh, the Rams, Lance's Rams beat the Colts 27-24. So they've gone off to a, a 2-0 start for the fourth straight season in a row. Um Dan, mystery Dan, who's not here. Um, Steelers lost, so they've gone gone back to one 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 all. So they're back at five hundred. Lost twenty six seventeen to the Raiders. Derek Carr, who's a funny quarterback, um, he's a bit of a middle road quarterback. But he he went for three hundred and fifty yards, two passing touchdowns, and it's uh, he's done that in three straight games now, which is the longest in uh, in franchise history. So interesting one to watch there with with Carr. Um, the Bears. The Bears beat the Bengals, so both teams now have gone gone to one and one and one in games. Twenty seventeen, um, the Bears sort of rushed into a lead a little bit, and uh, the interesting thing from that game, I don't know if Kev, if you've seen any of the highlights, um, the Bears' defense was incredible. Um, I think there were four takeaways, and actually, I think Joe Burrow threw three interceptions three, in, in three consecutive times he had the ball. I, I don't know if you've seen that. They were just uber aggressive. Yeah, I did have a little eye on them because uh, they've got the Browns next week. Uh, well, yeah, and talking of the Browns, the Browns have, have moved back to, to 500 again. They, they beat the Texans 31 21. Strong Chubb. Chubb's a great player, great rushing touchdown, absolute animal. Um, and Cleveland have actually gone. I like this. I don't know if you've seen this stat, Kev. Cleveland are now 6 0 in games following a loss under, under Stefanski. So every time they've lost, they, they go on and they're 6 0. So that, that's a, a nice little sign for them. Um, the Saints, after their almost whitewash of the Packers in week one uh, lost to Sammy Darnold's Panthers um, and Sam Darnold's gone I mean this is a stat that doesn't really have any sort of backing with it but he's his first 2-0 start of the year considering he spent his first three years in, in New York with the Jets it doesn't really mean too much <laughs> but on a personal level it's great to see Sammy Darnold there playing well um, and having some success I like him and it was it was it was worrying seeing his performance and then seeing the performance of Zach Wilson, who I think went for four um, interception, and he wobbled. He really wobbled Zach Wilson. Um, 
maybe we'll see if the Jets uh, regret letting him go. The Cardinals um, beat the Vikings 34-33. Kyler Murray, he is absolute box office. I can see Kev Nod in there. Um, this kid has got it all. He is. Um, we're in a situation here where we have got some quarterbacks really starting to make themselves look good. You know, Buffalo there with with Allen. We've got Kyler Murray. I, I, Kev, I can watch him all day long. He's absolutely He's super. Really exciting, isn't he? There's one play, I think he dropped back 30 yards, escaping people, and then flung it 60. Yeah, <laughs> massive, almost, almost like a massive Hail Mary. It defies, tiny, it defies you know. logic to me that they can throw it as far as they can throw it. Yeah, and he's, he's not a big boy. He's one of the smaller, smaller QBs. And he's, he had a little wobble in his first year. And he's come in now and he's, um, he's athletic. Um, he's great in the pocket, like Kev says. He'll scramble, he'll drop back. He's got absolutely everything. Um, He's good fun. He's good fun to watch. Cowboys beat the Chargers, and so they're both at one one and uh, one each. Um, and then obviously we had the Ravens and the and the Chiefs, which was a interesting result um, as we go through that. And that was uh, Lamar Jackson's ninth career game with a hundred passing yards and a hundred rushing yards, which is the the most um, since nineteen fifty. So uh, Lamar Jackson doing what you could argue are Lamar Jackson things from time to time. Um, but for, for anybody out there who who has Game Pass for everything, I would highly suggest sort of having a little watch of the NFL Sunday in 60. It's probably the best way to, to catch up on everything. Um, got some interesting games this week. The, the Panthers take on the Texans on the, on the Thursday night, Friday morning game. Um, just scrolling down through some of the other big takeaways. I like the look of the Bengals and Steelers at six o'clock on Sunday night. Kez mentioned the, the, Brears, the Brears, the Bears and the Browns. And the interesting thing, which has sort of been announced today, Justin Fields will be making his first NFL star, which mm. I like a lot. Justin Fields is um, the QB for the for the Bears. He's exciting. Yeah. That that's an element of the unknown there. I think Kev. Yeah, I, I reckon Miles Garrett might fancy it though as well. He's going to be up for it, isn't he? Massively so. <laughs> um, we got we got the uh, the Lowy Perry uh, rivalry Sunday night nine o'clock. So I'll be able to get the kids down and sit and watch this. Uh, Jets and the Broncos. I, I do fear that when I go to see the Jets in a couple of weeks, they're going to be they're going to be zero and four by the time I get to see them. Um, they are stinking the place out at the moment. Sorry to see them beating the Broncos, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, the J- the Jags. I read a stat earlier. The Jags have now gone seventeen. That they're zero and seventeen. So they're 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 stinking out as well at the moment. Um, but also Sunday night we got. Um, the Bucks and the Rams, which I think is going to be a good one. Um, somebody's going to lose their unbeaten start there. And then the Monday night game, uh, or sort of late Sunday into Monday morning, sorry. Uh, Packers and 49ers, which could be an interesting one. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see um, how Aaron Rodgers gets on there. Um, I like the 49ers. I like their approach. Um, what they're doing with the two quarterbacks, is uh, I've mentioned it earlier, is, uh, is interesting in tandem using them in, in different ways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. things have started really well. The usual um, runners are in their usual positions. You know, the Jets are propping up the, the East, which I think, they, if I'm going to be honest, I think we're going to end up being there um, all season. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a great start. It's been really interesting. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we need to get Morgs a team. Yeah. Uh, who, who, where, where are we plumping more? So we, we spoke about East Coast as a good one. You know, Ash, it's a, such a big decision. I still haven't, uh, still haven't made 
yeah, plumped for it just yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I was getting heat from all sides on Saturday, pretty yeah, much, were. wasn't I? But, yeah, uh, you yeah. were, yeah. Uh, uh, do, you have a fa- do you have a favourite part of America? Well, I think I've said this before, Brim. I, I kind of like to be attached to somewhere I visited. So the wife and I got engaged in New York. So yeah. that's probably the sort of go-to. Yeah. It's whether I join Ash with the dismal jets or irk him by going to the Giants. He did give me a bit of an out around that, though. Could potentially go Buffalo because apparently it's just up the road. My American geography is hopeless. Yeah, the Giants aren't a lot better, Morgs, So Okay. I mean, you do now, like supporting dreadful teams, don't you? So Interesting, though. Uh, I'm going to bring the Rovers into this. Sorry, boys. There is a reason. Did you know, and I saw this on Twitter tonight, that apparently the Memorial Stadium is built on Buffalo Bills Field, where William Cody, a legend of the Wild West, once staged the show. That's it then. So, so there's a sign there. Maybe, you know, if they're going to be as dismal as the Rovers, I, I might have to go for Buffalo Bills. So well, maybe, well, I'm, maybe they're, I'm coming they're out definitely not, you know? They're definitely not as dismal as the Rovers. They're a good no, side. The, the, the Bills are the best in that AFC East. So I think you'd be a good, that'd be a good starting point. Right, there we go, boys. It's done. It's done. Buffalo Bills from Morgs. He'll have a shirt on next week. I like, yeah. yeah. Merch me up. Eh? Oh, I can't wait. That's what Lance did. Lance picked the Rams one week. It turned out the following week he had hats and scarves and all sorts of stuff, didn't he? <laughs> he did. So, um, so when I'm doing next week's show in a full-on helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So Morgs has picked the Buffalo Bills. That was really easy. Two minutes ago, he hadn't made a definitive decision. And now, now it's over. It's over. So we've all got NFL teams. So... Uh, all good, all good. Right. Um, any more, Ash? No, that's that's, that's done. Brilliant. I, uh, I've waffled on long enough there. No, there's no waffle. It's all good stuff. It was a it was a great little roundup. Right. Um, <laughs> so the question of the week. There's two questions of the week, Loie, this week. Uh, one is what song best describes you? Uh, and we threw another little curveball in. Uh, so the announcement apparently tonight is that Greg's will no longer be doing the sausage, bean and cheese melt which has totally outraged me tonight. And so uh, other question is, I want to know is what is your favorite baked good? Right. So Ash, firstly, your song of yep. choice. I'm literally looking back through. Oh, I've got it here now. I had a complete mind blank. Yeah. My song of choice, what we're playing or my song of choice for. No, your song of choice for what best describes you. Right. Got you. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. And I think most people would agree with that. <laughs> if you ask my wife. <laughs> I have to say, I think you're doing yourself a massive injustice. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? It's more the line, this bit. Yeah, like that, like that, Perfection. like that. It's that line, absolutely brilliant. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, and what is your favourite baked good? Uh, I've got two. I'm going to check two, and one's a Greg's one. Greg's festive bait is, is just off the chart. It's unreal. Never had and it. In, in, haven't you? No. They're usually on sale in November, so they're, they're great. And then it, it, where we live here in Glastonbury, there's a, a little chain of bakeries called Burns the Bread, and they do a Glastonbury pasty, and it is the best pasty you can get. What goes into Absolutely. a Glastonbury pasty? Uh, it's got a little bit more carrot in there. Um, it's, it's very similar to a Cornish one, but it's made in Glastonbury and it's crimped on the top. <laughs> I love that. So it's a the Glastonbury pasty. You didn't know, do you? You don't know what's no, in it, really. No, I, I, I don't. And it, but it's <laughs> bloody brilliant. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> right, you, your song of choice for the week. That was where I got caught. I was checking it on the WhatsApp. It's Handle With Care by the Travelling Wilbur. Do you know, I always judge. If I, if I like an artist, I think oh, they're a really good artist. I, I always think, 
but and they're good, but would they have got into the Travelling Wilburys? They're like the original super group, weren't they? Yeah, they're unreal. They're unbelievable. What a lineup this was. It's Jack's Radio, Travelling Wilburys. Thanks, Ash. Do you know what, Ash? I regularly have um, disagreements with Helen about the Travelling Wilburys. She doesn't she rate them at all. But how can you have a band with Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison and Tom Petty and not think they're an absolute Rolls Royce of a band? The absolute creme de la creme, it's aren't they? Just like, they're just the, it's just the perfect lineup. It's just amazing. Like I say, I, if I if I like somebody, I think yeah they're really good. But would they get into the Traveling Wilburys? The, that album, uh, I think it was just called Volume One or something when it Traveling yeah. Wilburys Volume. It was brilliant. I, I love that. It's an absolutely fantastic album. 
Good stuff. Right. Um, breaking news then. Um, Morgs is a bill. Um, so congratulations, Morgs. Cheers, Brim. Cheers, Brim. So, um, imp- love a bit of an impulse choose of a team. Yeah, I like that. Know. I mean, and they're a good they're a good team as well. You'll win more than you won't um, with them. I, I, I think, I'm not used to that. I think yeah, you're definitely not used to that. But uh, I think <laughs> uh, I think you'll enjoy the journey all the same. So uh, congratulations. Right. So what's happening in the world of football? Well, I'm going to start, Bryn, if I may. Bear with me. I don't often look at my phone when we do my little bit here, but I'm going to start with the classified football results, if I may. Just a few for you. Yeah, Just go for a it. few. So bear with me. So here we go. Hungary nil, Spain seven. Scotland seven, Faroe Islands one. Czech Republic eight, Cyprus nil. North Macedonia nil, Austria six. Luxembourg nil, England ten. Uh, Azerbaijan nil, Denmark eight. Uh, Belgium 7, Albania 0, Moldova 0, Switzerland 6. Women's World Cup qualifiers, Brim, suggest that while there's been great strides in the game, there's still a clear difference in levels, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so like uh, I mean, England's two games so far, fair play, they've smashed their two qualifiers. They've won 8 0 and 10 0. But clearly, what we're seeing in the women's game now is that bit of disparity between the countries where they've gone professional and, and the enormous gap between you know, those that have and those that haven't, which is a is a bit of a shame, but I suppose is the next challenge for the women's game. So it just, while we sort of chuckle about it in some sense, I think it's important that that is sort of addressed as, as they move forward, which I'm sure they will. But uh, it, I was interested, I, was, I normally do a bit, sort of big in, bit of digging around for the Women's Super League for, for this slot, Brim, but obviously it was a World Cup qualifiers and some yeah. of those results just, it's like the men's games that were 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought you, to be fair, I, I thought you were reading out old football scores from the 80s. I thought, where's he going with this? Because that's what it was like, wasn't it? You used to yeah, really of course, of course. put so eight or nine past Luxembourg at the, in those points. But uh, Yeah, but that's all from the weekend. All from the weekend. But uh, but fair play to the Lionesses. You know, they're, they're, they've uh, made a great start to their, their qualifying group and high hopes for them, obviously. So, great uh, stuff. But yeah, an interesting place to start, I think, with the World Cup qualifiers. I'm going to go back um, to our Premier League. And I've tried to go a little bit sort of left field this week, Grim. So bear with me. Okay. I'm going to big up Brentford. They are at their first away win in the Premier League. They won 2-0 at Wolves. They were 2-0 up in the first half. They had a player sent off for two yellows in the second. Uh, Baptiste was sent off for them. But they were pretty comfortable up at Wolves. Um, what a player Ivan Toni is, is for Brentford already in the Premier League, by the way. I don't know if you boys saw it at the weekend. Um, I think there are, you know, most of us have been to Brentford to watch our respective teams. They're one of those sort of smaller community clubs that, that have been clearly run well and managed well. I think they're a breath of fresh air to the Premier League. Um, Ivan Tony, you know, did a great job up up front on his own second half. They were down to 10. He holds the play up well. But interestingly, I mean, he had 33, uh, 33 goals, sorry, in his debut season with Brentford. He, he scored and assisted one in the 2 0 win over Wolves. He's played every minute of their opening five league games. Uh, crucial role at Molyneux on Saturday. He won that first half penalty. He was wrestled to the ground to win the penalty, got up and slotted it in the corner. A few minutes later, he turned provider. He laid in uh, Brian and Buemo with a lovely pass. He was a constant thorn in Wolf's side. But also, his stats were really impressive. We mentioned Jimmy Greaves' stats, and by no way am I comparing Tony to Greaves, of course. But on on uh, Saturday at Wolves, he won more duels, 21, and more aerial battles, eight, than any other player on the field. But he also made more passes in the opposition half than any of his outfield teammates with 22 passes. So a key influence on the game. And he, you know, we've 
also probably seen Tony sort of come through the league. Obviously, at Northampton, he's been on loan at a few clubs, you know. So we're seeing the development there. Into I think the rest, safe to say, the rest of his career, whatever happens with Brentford, he will remain in the Premier League or at that level somewhere. So, uh, so, and I, I really like as well their manager, um, Thomas Frank. He talked about this 24-hour rule they've got after every game, and again, it's a really common sense sort of approach. I think he allows them to celebrate. 24 hours, they can have a glass of wine, they can have a few beers, they can do whatever, and then it's back to work. Then it's on to the next one. And it's just, it just smack of a club that are being run right from top to bottom. They've got a group of players that are hungry to play in the Premier League. They haven't gone up and splashed loads of money and made it unsustainable. They've got a lovely new stadium. And I must admit, as a gas said, like a lot of us on the bench, I'm looking on with a lot of envy because, you know, they were at or around our level for a long, long time, weren't they? They were indeed. I mean, I think, I don't think... I don't think it matters who you support, to be honest, in this country. I think everybody would like to be run like Brentford. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they just, just set the standard, haven't they, in an incredible way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, right from the start, you know, they beat Arsenal in their first game, didn't they? It was the yeah. first game of the Premier League season and, you know, the, the stadium was buzzing. And yeah, just a, it's a feel good story. And I think f- football needs them in the Premier League at the moment after all the European Super League nonsense and stuff. And yeah, exactly. Ash, you want to co- you want to come in? It's just to say, the, the Brentford model's interesting as well, isn't it? The, the owner owns is it Midtland as well uh, in, right. in Denmark and they, they I, I'm a geek I love all the sort of stats and soconomics all that sort of stuff but they use it to their advantage and mm-hmm. buy, buy low sell high and it's just a brilliant story and how like you say our club should be run yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I suppose the flip side is uh, Wolves, who I think are another great club and, you know, uh, run well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they've had a wobbly start under Bruno Lage, their new manager. They, they've, uh, they're sort of down the bottom. They're not looking very threatening. They sort of lost Nuno, obviously, at the end of last season. So you just wonder what's going to happen with them. And something else that caught my eye, Raul Jimenez, obviously, is, is coming back from the fractured skull from last season. And we talked about that in previous shows. But he actually took his head guard off, you know, his protective headgear. He took it off after missing a, quite a straightforward header quite late in the game. So I'd be interested to see if he keeps wearing that or whether he sort of ignores medical advice, or whether he's allowed to, because clearly a bit like Petr Cech a few years back, wasn't it? He wore it for the rest of his career. I would imagine, I don't know, but I'd imagine that Jimenez has been instructed to keep wearing it, but he was clearly frustrated that he uh, sort of misguided a header using it on uh, on Saturday. So I'd be interested to keep an eye on that one. Um I mentioned going left field a little bit. I'm going to pick up another sort of the lesser sort of mentioned Premier League clubs. Watford, they had a, a lovely 3-0, uh, sorry, 3-1 win at Norwich. Really impressive performance from Ismail Saar up top for them in particular. He was he was trouble for Norwich from start to finish. And Norwich are in trouble, I have to say, including their last Premier League season. That's their 15th consecutive Premier League defeat under, under Daniel Farker. So I mentioned last week, Brim, didn't I? You know, the sort of halfway house clubs that seem to be coming more and more. And uh, Norwich, say, I think it's five defeats on the bounce and, you know, not a healthy start, is it? Not a healthy return. Um, Villa had a great win on Saturday evening, the evening game on Saturday, I think it was. Um, they won 3-0 against Everton. Didn't realise till afterwards that was Rafa Benitez. It was his first ever defeat at Villa Park as a manager. He's previously unbeaten in nine there. So a lucky ground for him, but it wasn't uh, this time round. Also good to see concussion subs being used properly. John McGinn went off with a head injury. Um, that meant basically Villa could make an extra substitution. So they put on a concussion sub for John McGinn and it meant they could still keep their normal number of subs. Don't ask me what the normal number of subs is, but I know they could have an extra <laughs> one because of the concussion sub. Yeah. Um, and another lesser team, that, uh, or lesser team, they're all Premier League teams, aren't they? But a lesser mentioned team, Brighton. 
carried on their superb start. They beat Leicester 2-1. They held off a late Leicester rally. They went 2-0 up. Um, bit of controversy in here. Um, Leicester thought they'd equalised twice. Both were ruled out for VAR. And there was a bit of controversy about the opening Brighton goal because it looked like um, there was a foul before the penalty was given, at which Neil Mope scored. Um, he, uh, Jan Vestergaard, Yannick Vestergaard was uh, apparently fouled by Mope, but then the foul went against Vestergaard for a penalty. So a bit of controversy there. But I mean, Brighton went up to third on Saturday night. They slipped down to fourth after uh, the Man United win on Sunday. But again, what a great start for them, you know, up in the top four early season. And it, we we often know with Brighton, they have a bit of a sort of dip at some point in the season, like a lot of clubs do, but it's given them that little buffer, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and again, Graham Potter, great managerial job there. So uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep a close eye on them during the season. I mentioned Man United there as well, and I'm sure you boys have all seen this. Um, Mark Noble, in injury time, substituted on to take a penalty. Now, I'd like to gather your thoughts on this a little bit if you're happy to step in. But let's just look at this, right? On paper, it made sense. So Noble has scored 27 goals from the penalty spot. That's the fourth highest in Premier League history. He's converted nearly 85% of the 32 he's attempted. David De Gea's poor record of saving spot kicks. He hadn't stopped one since October 2014. So he hadn't saved the penalty in 21 that he'd faced. So... On paper, it makes sense. Now, I happen to have this game on the radio on Sunday when I was working a bit at home here. And for me, it's absolutely bonkers to bring a player on to take a penalty. Now, I know there's different trains of thoughts on that. And I've just given stats that suggest it, it was a common sense decision. But for me, a player coming on to a pitch cold, yes, it's a kick of the ball. Yes, it's a close skill and all. But, you know, to, to get a point in the 95th minute against Man United doesn't make sense to me. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I, I think based on what happened with the England team, I think um, I think we're, we're all pretty. I would imagine we're all pretty much of the same opinion. Really, it just seemed a, a bit a, for me. It just seemed really unnecessary for West Ham to do that. Really, they had enough players on the pitch to well capable, well in the game, warmed up. I think taking a penalty, it's it's more it's more taking a penalty than just hitting the ball in there. So Absolutely. you need to be in tune with the game. You need, to, you know, you need to be everything needs to be on point really before you take a penalty. Mm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure no one will ever do that again. <laughs> so how do we feel about sending goalkeepers on for penalty shootouts? I think that's slightly different. Yeah, and, and I'd agree to a point, Rim. I, th- I think it's just as much of a risk if, if we look at it at yeah. face value. But often you get maybe a taller goalkeeper. Or, I know Rovers did it, didn't they, at Wembley in, in 2015. And there's other famous examples, probably more famous than that. But I, I think with a goalkeeper game, you can almost have like a specialist penalty saver. Mm. And yes, you can have specialist penalty takers. But for a keeper, they're doing their job. And, and I think as long as you're bringing the keeper on with a few minutes to go in extra time or in the game or whatever, then it's a slightly different thing. I, because I, I don't think even with that, you're not expecting the keeper to save penalties, are you? But that's more of a mind game for the penalty takers, yeah. I, I would suggest. I just think anybody can miss a penalty. And I just don't, uh, uh, you know, I, I, if he'd scored it, it would have been a non-story. And if they hadn't come on, somebody else had missed it, it'd be a non-story. I just, you know, I, I don't think it's that big a deal, really. I don't think it should be allowed. Go on, Louis. I, I just don't know. Just, just to come on for one kick of the ball. I, don't, I, I think it should be somebody who's played a significant part in the game. It, it's almost like the specialist kicker in the NFL, isn't it? It's almost that, that sort of role. That's slightly I, different. I couldn't believe it. it. I, I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it, but I couldn't believe it afterwards. 
and that. So it, it, it's given us something to talk about at least, though, isn't it? And it's an inter- I, I don't think it will be the last one, but I think managers will certainly think twice because it could have been a really valuable point for uh, for West Ham. Obviously, they got beat 2-1. And the, the beautiful irony of football, wasn't it? Jesse Lingard gets a lovely ovation from West Ham after a, a good loan spell there last season. And of course, he scores the winner with a good goal, by the way. But uh, yeah. that, that's what football does, isn't it? So one last bit in the Premier League before I move on a little bit. Uh, Jared Gillett. Um, remember the name because he'll become the first overseas official to referee a Premier League game when he takes charge of Watford versus Newcastle on Saturday. So he was promoted to the top group of referees at the start of the season. He's been on VAR duty and he's also refereed two championship games. He began, he came over to England, began officiating here in 2019 after leaving the A-League in Australia. Um, so the Premier League said he'd become the first overseas official. Bit of a technicality. Those, some of us might remember Dermot Gallagher. He yep. was actually born in Ireland, but he moved to England age 16 and he was considered an English FA referee. And he actually he even refereed a Republic of Ireland game against Russia in 2002. So on a bit of a technicality, but so we're going to have our first foreign referee, if you like, on Saturday in the Premier League. So another bit well, of a landmark moment. And just diving into the EFL and a couple of other little bits, um, I mentioned Forrest the other week and Chris Hutton under pressure. He certainly was because he's since been sacked. Um, obviously, they went and won their next game with caretaker manager Stephen Reid in charge. They won at Huddersfield, a, a good win for them. And that they've yesterday they appointed Steve Cooper, the former Swansea boss. Um, I was interested in this because they had to agree compensation with Swansea because despite Cooper leaving in July, he was still actually under contract with, with the Swans. So a bit of an unusual one there, but uh, he's gone there to become, would you believe, their 14th permanent manager since June 2011, which goes to show the sort of, you know, the the mess at the club, really. And uh, he's got a big job on his hands, but obviously we wish him well. And uh, it, the only way is up for us at the moment, isn't it? So and another one of their East Midlands rivals, and I know, Lowy was spoken in the chat about this or pre-show, I really feel for Derby County at the moment. Um, It's all sort of falling apart there. It's been mooted for a little while, hasn't it? But they formally filed a notice to appoint administrators on Friday. They've had now today a 12-point deduction. I think that puts them on minus two and rooted to the bottom of the championship. Potentially, they could have another nine points taken off during the season if they haven't resolved certain issues in a certain time frame. And potentially, they could have a further 12 points taken off next season. So as things stand for Derby, I mean, interesting listening to uh, to Mel Morris, the owner there. He, he's re- clearly really disappointed. Uh, he said, um, I desperately want to get, get this club right up there if we could do that. From my perspective, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a heck of, a lot, heck of a lot of money into this club. And it's had some really good times here under my tenure, but ultimately I've failed. He reckons he's invested and lost in excess of £200 million. And you've, you've kind of got a feel for that a bit. Yes, it's been, it's been badly run. Yes, they've made mistakes and stuff. And as always, it will be the sort of people who are the, the backbone of the club, the background staff, you know, the catering staff, all yeah. those people that pay their mortgage and stuff that suffer the most. Um, but you've got a feel for Derby there. I, I know they had, a, they had a, a really good result against Stoke on Saturday. And apparently loads of their fans were there. The atmosphere was incredible. It inspired the team on. So you never know. You might get the, the positive outcome. But obviously at the moment, it's looking really ropey for Derby. Um, so and you, the impact there is sort of season on season as well, isn't it? The, the other interesting bit, I think, was uh, they were talking about potentially £20 million in lost revenue and they're sort of pretty much pinning it on the coronavirus. And the flip side to this is Wickham Wanderers, who went down, I think, on goal difference or by a point in the championship from Derby last season. They're apparently considering legal action. Because, um, I think I talked about it in the summer. The Football League initially 
produced two fixture lists for the championship, mm-hmm. one with Derby in and one with Wickham in because it was uncertain what was going to happen. So that goes to show how, how sort of any way this could have gone. And they're sort of citing now, Wickham are citing the legal cost of at least £10 million due to these issues and the inaction last time. So, so yeah, sad times for Derby and as always feel for the fans and the backroom staff and so on, but uh, hopefully they'll bounce back. I'm going to mention Luton Town and Swansea City, but only quickly, Lowy. Luton were 3-0 up. Swansea came back to 3-0. Sorry, Lowe, for mentioning that. It did bring up one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And Ash actually showed me this in the mem on Saturday. Um, Luton were very fortunate not to go down to 10 men before the half hour when Henry Lansbury clattered Ryan Manning after the Swansea win back had tried to slow down the taking of a free kick. Now, I'm sure Lowe's got an opinion on this and it's been all over Twitter. It's gone viral. Basically, what happened, Lansbury was about to take a free kick. The Swansea player was doing a bit of shouserie, which I'm sure Ash would appreciate. And it wasn't until you look at sort of slow motion that he kind of stuck his foot out and knocked the ball away mm. as Lansbury was trying to take it. And Lansbury absolutely cartwheeled the, the Swansea player, Manning. Absolutely cart- cartwheeled him. And it looked from the outside like he just legged it up and just gone straight through him. Um, I, I think he got a yellow card. He definitely didn't get a red. But there's lots of opinion on that. We, you, if you haven't seen it, gents, you've got to have a look I've at it. I've seen it. I can't believe he didn't get a red, to, to be honest. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't get a red. But, but I mean, technic, it's a technical one, Brim, isn't it? Because technically, the Swansea player was encroaching. I get that. I get that. So, but so that could in, be a yellow card, isn't it? It's, it's, regardless it's really of, regardless, I mean, I don't know what everybody else feels about this. Ash looks like he's got an opinion. Um, I just, He was in no place to take that free kick. Great red, isn't it? It should be, surely. Got to be. Um, you, uh, you can't see a six-foot bloke in front of you and you still swing through and, and smash him to the ground. Absolutely. Louis, it, uh, what's your it? take on that? He only had eyes for the ball. <laughs> what, the big bloke in a white kit stood in front of it? Yeah. Come on. I mean, I appreciate you. you're a Luton fan. and you... I think um, your hat your hat might have slipped over your eyes there, yeah, Louis. With yeah, the yeah, I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. When I, when I saw it, somebody sent it through to me off the bench. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't honestly, and I couldn't. I couldn't believe there wasn't a red. I've never seen anything mixed. like it. No, yeah. I, 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 I saw it as a straight red. Yeah, I um, the other thing that I quite liked about that incident was our man Tom Lockyer was having none of Euler was pushing people around, That's and it. it's you know. Yes. I, I wonder what Tom was thinking. Tom was just thinking, "Well, he's going to go, isn't he?" I think uh-huh. I think it was I think it was quite a feisty game by all accounts. It looked it. Yeah. It looked def- lively. Didn't definitely, it? Definitely, definitely looked lively. Definitely looked lively. With That's challenges like that, not surprised. But uh, I've, I've got a couple of last little bits, fellas, as Go well. The, the sack race has begun in earnest. Obviously, I mentioned Chris Hewton. There's been a couple of sackings in the National League over the last few weeks. Uh, Danny Searle has got the boot from Aldershot a few games into the season. And a famous name, Harry Kuehl, has been sacked as Barnet manager. They lost 2-0 to Bromley in midweek. He was in charge for the grand total of seven matches. He lost five and had two draws and he's got the boot. So naturally, Barnet now has set up beautifully for a response and they face my hometown team, Weymouth, in their next game. Nice so game. when I'm on moaning about Barnet having their new manager bounce next week, you know why. And I want to mention, come back finally, Brim, to a story I did a while back. Rochdale superfan David Clough. 
Yes. He died a few uh, in 2020. He raised an estimated half a million pounds in his lifetime, volunteering his time to sell their gold bond lottery tickets. And he also left Dale his entire estate worth around 250 grand in his will when he, after his passing in 2020. Now, I love this. Fans raised over 10,000 pounds to commission a statue, which has been unveiled this week. And the thing I love, and I'll try and get this out into the group and maybe out on the socials, the statue is actually sat in his seat. That's, in the main stand. That's brilliant. Uh, they've got a similar one in Valencia, which is apparently where they took the inspiration from. Um, so basically, he is sat, his statue is sat in his season ticket seat. And that I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I must be honest. I'm a big fan of that as well. I'm a big fan of that as well. I've got one um, for the football story more, because I don't know if you caught up on this this week. Go on, uh, mate. But Wolves have launched a record label. I hadn't seen that, they've, have they? They've teamed up with Warner Music, um, um, to offer it. it's a really I just thought it was a really interesting I mean I don't know whether it's a good thing or not such a good thing because they're obviously very different businesses but it's mm. interesting that Wolves have teamed up it's a lot of good the Midlands music scene is amazing so it's really interesting that they've teamed up and they've, they've, they've done this they're the first football club in the world apparently um, or certainly in the UK to have launched their own record label and they've had loads of interest that you know i follow lots of bands on twitter and mm -hmm. lots of bands are, are sort of looking to to get involved with this so it'd be a very interesting one to keep your eye on yeah we, we will isn't robert plant a big wolves fan yeah as well? so yeah yeah right. yeah yeah so it's um yeah it'd be just interesting just one to just to keep your eye on really but uh yeah like that Brent. I'll, like um, that. I'll, I'll pop that story in the group so you can have a, a proper read up of that in a little bit but uh yeah good stuff like that brilliant stuff um so um the question of the week was um what song best describes you and and you've basically refused to take part in that <laughs> So the, <laughs> that, that's one angle, Brim. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I just uh, so, so are you going to volunteer one for so me? So the boy, well, the boys have um, have been busy. They've uh, they've decided to uh, pick a song on your behalf, and is this? You go round there to play it, hoping to compete for some kind of championship, but it always took about fifteen billion hours to set the track up, and even when you did, the thing never seemed to work. So do you recognise that song, Morch? Uh, I can't say I do, Rim, no. Okay, so that's Half Man, Half Biscuit. Uh, okay. Uh, and the track is called, what? Do you want to introduce it, Kev, because it was your idea? Uh, that's called All I Want for Christmas is a Duke La Praga Way Kit. Ah, uh, very good. So, yeah, that's a great shout, Kev. So it is a great shout. And that, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that has got you written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah, spot on. Good so, shout, uh, Kev. Good, good stuff. Shout. Right, the other, the other question, obviously, is what was your favourite baked goods? Uh, do you know, this is from a, my travels, this one. Um, I love a Cornish pasty, obviously. Uh, but New Zealand do the greatest steak and cheese pies, Amazing. right? And I've never found anything that match it in this country because I obviously haven't looked hard enough. But I, I was in Queenstown, a late run to the you know, the pie shop as they were closing, and I cleared them out, about six of them, as we got back in the camper van, the wife and I. And, uh, yeah, so steak and cheese pie was my go-to in New Zealand for the rest of the trip. So What a place Queenstown is, by the way. Oh, yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Unbelievable place that is. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, the Lake Steamer. That's Sorry? it. That's it, Larry. The Lake Steamer. The TSS Earnslaw. Is that the name? Fantastic. Is that the name Good of the knowledge. pie? Sorry? Is that the name of the pie? No, that's the name <laughs> of the joking. I'm joking. steamer. I'm joking, mate. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask more as if they had three each. Uh, probably not. I think the wife may have got away with one. 
and I probably saw the rest off. What you have five pies for one? That's it was a, a long drive. It was a long drive for most. It's it. a big place, New Zealand. I love that. Yeah, I love it. It's a fantastic place. I love it over there. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely awesome. Brilliant. Good stuff. Okay, they do a steak and cheese pie at Rovers, by the way. Yeah, when they're not sold out, right? Rank. Okay. Rank. <laughs> so uh, just don't bother. It's not that great. So uh, steak and blue cheese. I bought one for young Alex at the weekend, and he said it tasted like sick. So Ash, <laughs> oh, is, Ash I, is looking at me now. I, to Ash go, is going to disagree. Is, this... I had that I had that Saturday and it was incredible. There you genuinely, go. There you go. I think that's the brilliant. difference between a, a thirty-something-year-old and uh, a thirteen-year-old. To be fair, no, that's, so... that's the difference between Ash and everyone else on the planet. Probably. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm normally I'm not one to. If, if Ash is telling me something is wonderful food-wise, I'm not necessarily going to jump on that train. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Anyway, anyway musically, um, you've gone for another brilliant tune this week. Yeah, this is one that popped up in my recommended list, Brim. So this is Upside by The Vistas. The brilliant band. Love The Vistas on Jack's Radio. Someone better tell Jack that we've stolen his radio. Um, excuse me, we've got Jack's radio. So that's The Vistas. It's Jack's Radio. Listen to the season take with Brimo. Kev, Morgs, Ash and Lowy on your Wednesday night, or it could, could be Saturday morning, depending on when you're listening to us. Um, bit of breaking news, guys. Greg's of official have tweeted. So, um, our sausage bean and cheese melt is temporarily unavailable, but don't worry, we're working hard to get this back into our shops as soon as possible. So they're going to blame Brexit. They've been listening. They, they're going to blame Brexit, aren't they? <laughs> That's basically what's happened there. So Brimo sausage bean and cheese melt is uh, temporary unavailable for because ev- everybody voted for Brexit. I think that's that's the 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 story coming out of there at the moment. So uh, there you go, Kev. How you how are you? Are you okay? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, not so, too bad. So what's been going on in the world of Super League? I know you haven't got loads to talk about on that, but uh, well, a bit of dis- yeah. disappointing end for you. A little bit, yeah. It was disappointing. It could have been a lot worse. It was. It was looking horrific at halftime. Yes, they, they were getting absolutely blown away on what was supposed to be a big day for for everybody for Daryl Powell finishing and a few players finishing, and they had a really great little spell of twenty minutes and, and got the game closer. But ultimately, Warrington won and got through. So the uh, the, the shape of the playoffs has been has been has been formed really, and since when there's 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 only been one game, so. Tomorrow, the playoffs start in earnest. It's Wigan versus Leeds tomorrow. And then on Friday, it's Warrington against Hull KR. Uh, and that's the only game in the Super League because uh, Catalans and St. Helens get that extra week off for finishing in the top two. And then it'll be the semi-finals then. I just, you know, would point out that I think Cass might have, it might be a real transition period next season for Castleford. I was working out, looking at the players who've left, left now, had their last game last week. They've lost more than a thousand first team games between about six or seven players, so that, that's that's a huge chunk to take out of, out of a side. So it's going to be interesting times, and with with Daryl Powell leaving as well. So yeah, that that'd be interesting. I think in terms of the playoffs, I find I, I just find it really hard to see past St Helens, even though Catalans got a good win against him towards the end of last season, end of the season, and Catalans finished so strong and and did really well. It's so hard to see past St Helens when it comes to the big games. Yeah, that I quite fancy them to to win the grand final. So, what I've done is I did a little. I've done a lance. I've had, I've had a little look around and okay. try to see if there's a, 
any other little stories I could talk about? Uh, a few little interesting ones. There's one that local to you, most of you boys from Sunday. There was the Great Bristol Run, uh, which was won by a, a chap called Omar Ahmed. He won the half marathon in 63 minutes and then was disqualified because he'd actually filed paperwork to enter the 10K. <laughs> You must have been. Nice. Imagine you've run, run your heart out for sixty-three minutes, and apparently he took a wrong turning. There's a there's a split in the route where you either finish off with a little burst and you've done your ten k, or you carry on and you do the half marathon. I love that. He did. He just took the wrong turning, blew everybody away in the half marathon field. And the other thing I love about the story is that they only found out because some of the other competitors dobbed him in. That's amazing. The people that he beat said, hang on, he's not supposed to be doing this race. <laughs> so they. <laughs> That's fantastic. And all the great runs, that they, it's a company that, that, that organizes them also. They do, they've said, oh, we're very sorry, but we do hope he attends the Great North Run or the, the Great Manchester Run, which is the next one, I think. Uh, and he'll be more than welcome to defend to whichever race he they've wants. They've got to reinstate him, haven't they? You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Oh, man. I, I don't think so. I don't think they will. I think it's he, he's been disqualified. It's, That's it's, amazing. He's broken the rules, technically. What a story that is. He must be devastated. <laughs> so a slightly more serious disqualification, although not for him, it's probably just as serious for him, Yeah. is that, um, so CJ Uja, the, uh, one of the members of the Great Britain 4x100 team at the Olympics that won a brilliant silver medal, his his B sample has come back positive now, so he's tested positive twice okay. for Osterine and S23, which are both anabolic steroids. I mean, Lado should be here to talk about this, but this is all very much athletics is his game. I know yeah, he'd be, absolutely. Yeah. Probably be furious. So it means the team will almost certainly be disqualified. They'll lose their they'll lose their medal. Um, you just wonder what goes through people's minds, really. I mean, it, it, they they know how they're going to be tested, so. For you to have two samples both go go wrong, you know, it's very hard to try and make a case that it's an accident, really, isn't it? And you just I think that is the draw of winning that much that you're going to let three other people down as well, you know. So it's um, um for me it it beggars belief, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I just don't think nowadays how you think you're going to get away with no, it. No, that's what I mean. My, my my instinct is that somebody's told him they have a way of him getting away with it. Then usually there's somebody else behind the scenes. Yeah. You wonder what's in it for them as well. There must be people pushing these drugs to yeah. them who, who must be making a bit of money out of it, I'm sure. Exactly. And it's in their interest to, to risk somebody's career and, and three other blokes' medals, you know? It's, it's, they're yeah. the blokes you've got to feel really Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they gave it everything, didn't they? Just to... Yeah, it's sad. And you're right. If Lado was on tonight, you'd be absolutely raging yeah. about that. Justified. And, and rightly so. Uh, earlier in the week, Fallon Sherrick became the first woman to make a televised final in the darts. Yep, saw that. And did really well to get there. She was 6-3 da- down or something in the semi-final and won five games in a row to get through. And then then she actually led in the final against Michael Van Gerwen in Copenhagen and uh, lost 11-7 in the end. Um, but she's making quite a name for herself, isn't she? Mm. She definitely is. Yeah, definitely. She's done really well. And as a story of another band, this is in judo this time. There's a 10 okay. year ban being given to an Algerian um, judoka called Nohin and his coach as well for refusing to fight an Israeli opponent at the Olympics. So he's 30. Effectively, this ends his competitive career. career. 
And the International Judo Federation said it was a malicious intent to use the games as a political platform, which is interesting, isn't it? I mean, when you think 40 years ago, you know, the, the, an entire country didn't go to an Olympic Games because they didn't want to go to Russia. And then again, another four years later, an entire country didn't go because they didn't want to go to America. Yeah. Those were political statements. It's you know, a strange we, one. We, we, the we Olympics, run a fine line, don't we? Yeah, the Olympics la- allowing gets used our sports for... people to express themselves Correct. In, in, in sporting intents. And, you know, all he's done effectively is damage himself by doing it and his career by doing it. You know, so it's it's interesting. Some I, of the greatest I, I, moments I, in Olympic history have been political sim- yeah. symbols or yeah. in, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's funny that they're just singling him out for that. Yeah. And he didn't even... He didn't even refuse to fight him. He refused to fight his first round match, which if he'd won, he would have fought the Israeli uh, oh, okay. competitor. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a minefield. And, uh, you know, I don't, don't really know where I stand on it, to be honest with you, because, they're, you know, they're, there's, there's, there's issues either way, isn't mm. it? Uh, this morning uh, in netball in Christchurch, um, England uh, uh, squared the series against New Zealand. They lost the first game last week, 48-42. New Zealand are the current world champions. Yeah. But uh, a fantastic performance this morning. They, they to set up a decider on Friday, they beat, the, I think they're called the Ferns, the, the, the New Zealand uh, netball team. Uh, they beat them 55-45. And in that game this morning, they uh, in the, the final three quarters of the game, they only missed one attempt on goal. They showed superb sort of consistency and professionalism to set up that. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing. And my last thing is the boxing on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Isn't it? And Anthony Joshua is going to defend his world heavyweight title against Alexandra Usyk of U- Ukraine. I can't do the pronunciations quite as sexily as Dan does his Italian ones, I'm afraid. No, I, I, no. I'm not sure Ukrainian is maybe such a sexy language. I don't but, think it is. It's much harsher, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, Josh, the Joshua fight is at Spurs Stadium. Um and by all accounts, Ushik's not going to be a pushover. He's unbeaten he's, in eighteen fights. He's tidy. I he's think. Quite I, skillful. I think. I think is I for me is a fifty-fifty fight. I don't. I yeah. don't. I don't see Joshua as being an overwhelming favourite for this at all. I think he's well, a really well, good what boxer. What I've read of it, I think maybe Joshua is, is the more powerful. But it sounds like Ushik is a is a good boxer. Yes. You know? So I, I yeah. think that, that it sounds like it could be quite a, quite a competition. going to be interesting. It's a shame Lance isn't on tonight because he, you know, he would be, he would be the man in the know. He'd probably be a bit more over it than I am. Yeah. I just, I've uh, just skimmed through it really. Yeah, but, no, no same. And I've, and I've, all... I've done none. I, normally you sort of catch up a lot of the Joshua build up, but I've, I've seen next to none. So, uh, yeah. but I, I do, I do rate Uzek. I think he's a really good boxer, and I. And this, this is the fight that's been arranged instead of the Fury one, apparently. But it's the mandatory it? fight, so everybody wanted the Fury fight, um, but uh, I'm not sure which belt it was. Um, but they, they, they set a mandatory challenger. So Uzek was the number one contender for for one of his belts, and and that's what what this is about. So, uh, it will be interesting. It'd be interesting if Uzek absolutely puts a spanner and all that works. Um, so you know, with Fury fighting Wilder as well to come, you know, I, I, I still think that those two are destined to not fight. <laughs> there's, there's something about it. I don't, I don't think a lot of talking gets done, but you know, there seems to be very little action in that regard. But again, Lance would be more over that than me or anybody else here. I think so. Uh, uh, be an interesting fight. 
But uh, I know Lance is looking forward to it. I haven't spoken to him today, so uh, all good, all good. Nice one. Enjoyed that, Kev. That's a good little roundup. I hope so. I did a little scan through. Yeah, it was good. No, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Right. Um. So the, the two questions. And so, what song best describes you? Well, my song is is nearly forty years old, but uh, uh, it sort of describes the way I feel about the world, really. And it's, uh, uh, it's, I, I don't really can't really tell what's going on a lot of the time. And, uh, and people try and ask me stuff, and I just like well. Don't ask me, I have no idea. And that, that's it's a song by Public Image Limited, Don't Ask Me. It's a genius, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I, I, I love Public Image Limited. Yeah. I love the story of, of the Sex Pistols and everything, and then Public Image Limited were actually a much better band. Yeah, and, I uh, agree. I agree. And he's become a bit of a caricature now, but that, I think we had, we had Morrissey earlier, so that, that's 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 a bit of a theme. I think that's just time that's done that to him, though, isn't it? You know, but um, I, I always thought the Sex Pistols were a much better band than what they were ever given credit for. Um, well, they're just an amazing story. The story of them is is fascinating, isn't yeah. it? And then the, so the footage are brilliant. And, the, and because I remember being a kid at that age, the, the footage of England at that time as well. It's yeah. just, I love watching anything about them, really. It's iconic. It's iconic, but it's great. Um, so the other question, of course, um, the news earlier on broke that um, Greg's were doing away with the sausage bean and cheese melt, although they've since come out and tweeted that is a temporary measure. Um, basically, I don't know if you caught that, Ash, but... Uh, uh, yeah, basically, our sausage bean and cheese melt is temporarily unavailable. So, which for me means they're just going to blame Brexit. Um, so, um, so what is your favourite baked good, Kev? Right. Well, mine's uh, it's, it's a sweet baked good this time. It's uh, the, it's from uh, there's a company in the north in Harrogate and York uh, uh, and Ilkley called Betty's, which do really lovely teas and they're a lovely tea shop and they're famous for like what is essentially a large spiced rock cake which is called a fat rascal mm. and it's absolutely gorgeous. Warm it up, bit of butter on it. It's just beautiful. Like it's spicy, spicy scone and big chunks of, of, of dried fruit in it. it. You can't beat it. You get it in all good tea shops around Harrogate, do you? Yeah. You can get it online as well. You can, can, you? You can get it delivered. Wow. I've got no commission. But... No, well, you want to work on that. Well, you, you seem to work the trick with Greg's. Perhaps they'll send me something. Yeah, let's, 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 see what, let's see what happens, isn't it? Let's see what happens. Right, um, music choice. I love this song, by the way. The song you picked this week, I think, is an absolute brilliant tune. Well, yeah, I love it. Every now and again, you've got to have a bit of cheesy rock, a cheesy rock ballad. But I think if if, if somebody like Bruce Springsteen wrote this, you'd all know about it. Yeah, so, you would. Yeah, it's a great it's tune. It's a brilliant song. It's um, Serious Black with the story. I love that name, Serious Black. It, it's, it's a, a take off the Harry Potter character. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's a great name. You're a Harry Potter fan by any chance, Ash? Massive, mate. Can, I love Potter. I'm going, I'm going next month. Mate, you, you just it. leapt into action then. You heard that name and you were like, right, I'm having some of that. You were straight it's into brilliant. the screen. Yeah, I love it. It's a, have you been before? For the day out? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm taking just me, Lily and Alfie. We're staying overnight, going to the studios. I went, I went with Mrs. P before. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a great day. It's a great day out. But anyway, this is Serious Black. This is called The Story. It's a season ticket. You're listening to Jack's Radio. Jack's Radio. <laughs> 
What a tune that is. That's Sirius Black and the track called The Story. Love that, Kev. That's amazing. That is proper. You can imagine White Snake doing something like that in the 80s, couldn't you? So it's got yeah, like they're actually uh, they're actually a Scandinavian supergroup. There's a few different uh, members of different bands in it. So absolutely amazing, love that. But you're right, you're right. Anybody else? The, if it's a pro- if Bon Jovi did that for argument's sake, it would have sold millions, wouldn't it? And, and Bon Jovi have done lots of songs like that. So uh, it's, it's an interesting one, definitely, definitely an interesting one. Um, so uh, we're now come to the point of the show um, where Lowy's normally not here for. <laughs> So congratulations to making it to sort of the latter stages of the show, all due to a, a sweet chili chicken dinner. So, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Uh, so how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So come on then, let's have a little roundup of what's happening in the world of cricket, firstly. Yeah, let's do cricket first. Um, I guess you're a bit disappointed, really, aren't you, with the old Somerset stuff from the weekend? Oh, I'll, I'll come to that. In, in a second, if oh, I may. okay, yeah, of course you can. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to congratulate Gloucestershire first. Okay, what did they do? I'm finishing I'm finishing second in Division Two. Fair play in the County Championship, which will climax in the Bob Willis Trophy, a five day final. This is unbelievable. Final date second of October. Saturday. This, that's how the ECB have sorted this season out for us. We don't know. We don't know who's going to be in the final yet. It's very tight at the top of Division One. Hampshire involved, Warwickshire. Lanc- in fact, there's a great game going on in Liverpool at the moment. Um, Lanc- uh, Hampshire lead Lancs by I think it's 160 with three wickets left. They were going really well until just the end of the day when they lost Jimmy Vince and um, Dawson, the the spin bowler. So. Uh, Hampshire have got a lead. It might be enough, actually. And if they win, they'll they'll go through to play in the final. But uh, it has been... You, you touched on Somerset's disappointment. Um, since the resumption of the championship, we've gone absolutely nowhere. In fact, we've scored very few points. And uh, we will finish in sixth place, I believe. Only two places above the Gloucesters. So... Not an awful lot to choose between the two counties in the West Country. No, no. But you had a good day out on the weekend, didn't you? We did have a good day out of the weekend. So um, I, I saw Ash about, what time did you turn up on Saturday, Ash? About one o'clock and you you turned up and went, game over. Yeah. And they were dead and buried. Didn't think they were going to get it. And then they just pulled it out of the bag to win the semi-final firstly. That, what, I actually described it as probably one of the greatest games of cricket I have ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, we had Hampshire on the ropes at eight for two. They get out to 150. Um, with three overs left, we need 46. And there's a young lad called Ben Green, who I think a lot of, bats around a bowler. He, he got 35 off 18 balls, and Craig Overton and Josh Davy helped him along the way, and we won with two balls to spare. Yeah. It was some, just a fantastic game of cricket, actually. Some finish that, isn't it, in fairness? Yeah, it was. Um, Kent beat the uh, pre-tournament favourite, Sussex, in the other semi. And then the final came around at quarter to seven. We win the toss, put Kent in, and um, unfortunately they make 167, which uh, 
which is an okay score in 2020, but under lights and the pressure of a final, it was going to be a lot of runs and uh, we didn't quite get there. Yeah. But it, it's, it is, for anybody who's been, it's just a fantastic day out and the, the cricket's the cricket's top draw and the atmosphere's top draw and it's just a brilliant day. Uh, it's going to be in July next year, by the way. Okay. Yeah, they're just, uh, they're just playing with the cricket fixtures. They, they're going to put it on when they fancy next year. But July next year. Sorry, I'm a bit cynical about how this season's been. Um, the IPL's resumed. Yep. Um, you know, and obviously we, we've we've discussed already the implications of that final test match not being played. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to mention is uh, a rather disappointing decision by the ECB to cancel a tour of Pakistan. Yeah, they're pretty upset, the Pakistanis, aren't they? I'm, not so, I'm hardly surprised. Um They've been they've been isolated in a, a travel lodge in Derby for two weeks, so they've been in their bubble, getting ready for it. And um, basically, the uh, the eleventh hour decision has been made that we're not going to go. And um, uh, it's it's been suggested that we've got some very short memories because you, you'll probably remember last summer. Uh, the Pakistan team and the West Indies team basically bailed us out of a hole. Yeah, got themselves got ourselves over here, played in Southampton and Manchester, and without them, we wouldn't have had any international cricket last summer at all. It feels massively disrespectful to me, Lowy. Uh, that's brilliantly described, Kev. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And um, yeah, we. The game's in a very strange state in this country at the moment. Um, I've already touched on the 100 back in the summer. Uh, just just the way they're cobbling it all together. But they they seem to do what they want and, and almost get away with it, you know. It's disappointing, isn't it? You know, it, in Pakistan, you know, it, it's, you can understand the, the mental health part of players being on yes. tour and all the rest yes, of it. Yes, I do. I do understand that. Um, but... But you're right. The flip side of that was the Pakistani players spent nearly three months in isolation, didn't they? Um, yes. Last year, you know, yes. I seem to remember the East England cricket team tweeting about it. You know, saying how 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 grateful they were, and there was even like emoji fist bumps and all that kind of and and all that. It's just gone. It's gone. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting again a bit older. Um, it uh, there's no class in sport anymore. I, I'm beginning to feel. It just. It's quite a dangerous game for them to be playing, given where the balance of power is going to is going yeah. to land in cricket. At, you know, at a, at a rapid rate of knots, really, as well, yeah. isn't it? No, yeah, I totally agree, gonna, Kev. Yeah, the power is going to be in the subcontinent now, and and I just think we they don't want to put themselves the wrong side of it, really. That's very very sharp, Kevin. It's uh, yeah, it's big disappointment. It's big disappointment, mm. but. Uh... Mm. I mean, I mean, even if they didn't play in Pakistan, they could have gone to a neutral venue, couldn't they? Exactly, they could have could have played in the um, UAE, the Emirates, or, yeah. or Dubai, or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, which um, was which was their home for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, when it's, nobody it's, was going to Lahore or Karachi. It's a real it's a real shame they just completely shafted them, really, if for want of a better word. And, yes. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. That's the uh, that's the cricket. Good stuff. What's happening in the golf? There's a bit of a match coming up soon, isn't there? There's a match coming. There is a match coming. 
oh my goodness, how much am I looking forward to the weekend? <laughs> Absolutely blocked out. Um, Whistling Straits, Wisconsin, provide the venue. Um, a very demanding golf course designed by a guy called Pete Dye. Um, Jordan Spieth describes it as tough and fair. Basically, Steve Stricker, the American captain, will decide how tough and fair it is. Um, if, if you remember, we won the last time in Paris when it was narrow and rewarded our accuracy, basically. Mouth-watering prospect. I've got it all written down here. Friday's foursomes and four balls. That'll be eight points. Saturday's foursomes and four balls. Another eight points. Sunday. I actually think Sunday is probably one of the best day sport you can ever get. 12 singles matches. And uh, we only need 14 points because we hold the cup. So it's it's ours to lose, basically. There's there's a strong American team, if I may. Berger, Cantley, DeChambeau, English, Finau, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, um, Schofley, uh, uh, Xander Schofley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. It's a strong American team. So... Uh, I think it's a team that needs to be respected. Although the, there has already been chat about uh, how much of a team that they really are together. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's something we're going to probably talk about and try and exploit. Um, it's quite a lot of experience in the European team. Uh, they've, they've been out practicing today, and I'm going to give it in the practice in pairs, if I may. Yeah, okay. Tommy Fleetwood with Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, Lee Westwood with Sergio Garcia Paul Casey with Bert Wiesberger Ian Poulter with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick Shane Lowry's been out with John Rahm and Rory McIlroy has been out with Victor Hovland I think I think Hovland will be a star of this tournament of this cup match on the weekend so, uh, Are you feeling confident, Louis? Uh, I'm feeling confident. Not as much as AJ to beat um, Usyk. You fancy that, do you? Yeah, that, that, yeah. I've just, I've just checked that. I went quickly on to... Uh, I saw you put better. the odds up. But... Yeah, but I, I went quickly. I thought I can help the boys here. I'm going to go on and have a look and see what the, best, the odds are. He's quite a strong favourite, isn't he? He is. He is quite but heavily I, backed, but I, I just think... I haven't... I haven't checked the odds with this, but I'd imagine America are quite fancied, actually. Yeah. In that in their home patch, but uh, no, it'll be uh, uh, it'll be entertainment. There'll be yeah, the, you know, there'll be drama. It, it's just be it'll just be fantastic. There's a it'll couple be, of the American boys don't get on at all though, in there, Larry. I think that could be uh, that could be worth niggling on. I think I think um, I think we're probably referring to Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Yeah, they're, they're the two in particular that uh, you know. There's there's been quite a lot of um, unpleasantness, shall we say, running into the cup. So uh, yeah, be, they'd be. I, I wouldn't imagine they'll get paired together. 
be interesting for sure wouldn't it be very, so. be very surprised okay well it'd be uh, an interesting weekend anyway can i just mention what happened last weekend you can yeah yeah there's a guy called christopher broberg from sweden yeah um he's won on the tour i think it was six years ago uh he went out on sunday uh, he's got an eight shot lead which went to nine shots and he just played like a drain. The lad, the lad really um, couldn't string any decent golf together. He actually got round in even par, which was enough to win by three. But honestly, when he started the bat nine, you just wouldn't have bet on him to win anything. <laughs> but uh, he did what? get the job. He did get the job done. But uh, but I mean, having said that, he, he shot a sixty. Uh, 61 on day three so uh and the par was 72 so i think he's, he's put played he's put like a drain is right up there is as a sporting description there's some What's great that? played like a drain is right up there <laughs> would you think a sporting, <laughs> he did. sporting he did, description he, he, remind, he reminded me of me playing amazing well you're better than that though aren't you so <laughs> you're a little shark you are right yeah. um so question, question of the week, mate. Uh, what song uh, best describes you? <laughs> I love this. I said, I said the wizard. You did say the wizard. You did say the I wizard. I just wanted to hear the track. So uh, here you go. Can I have a little bit of it here? Love you, Rahe. Drank my wine. Me and my magic man kind of I'm pretty confident that'd be the one and only time that track gets any outing on Jack's radio. Okay, so the other the other part of the question for this week is, uh, what was your favourite baked good, Louie? Can, can you can you say baked Alaska? Well, technically it's baked, but it's not quite what I had in mind. But Mark, yeah, I'm being, you, no, you Mark, can... I'm, being, I'm being tongue in cheek. I want to go back to Morgs actually because I'd. I had steak and cheese pies at the test match in Auckland, and I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I am a glutton for anything baked. Um, yeah, I love a I love a Warren's Christmas pasty. Actually, there you go, there you go. And your song of choice? Uh, Saturday night. Elton John. Elton John. Sir, Sir Elton John. Sir Elton John. It's Jack's Radio. It's a season ticket. Hey, Slowy. Hey, it's Dan Knight here from the Lights Out Let's Go F1 show. If you like your Formula 1 with a sprinkling of rock music, then head over to our show on a Wednesday night between 7 and 8pm on Jack's Radio. Okay, it's that time of the show. It's the quiz time. 
and we got the grumpiest quizmaster in the world ever, Mr. Chubb. Right now, here we go. Right, Lowy, you're not normally around for this display of excellence, okay? So <laughs> I will just tell you, when you, if you know the answer, just shout. You shout, Low Taunton, all right? And, I, and if you're first, I'll go for you. Right then, everybody. I'm going to give you a list of names for each question. You're going to have five names. Okay. They're Premier League managers. You're going to have to give me the sixth name in the sequence, Ooh, which what? is backwards. What? what? So you'll get one point for giving me the name, one point for giving me the name of the club, okay? Yeah. Question one. Rogers, Pule, Shakespeare, Ranieri, Ashwalton, Ash Leicester City, and Holloway. No, you get one point for that. Morgs Pompey. Morgs Pompey. Nigel Pearson. No, Pearson was the last name I said. Ah, I didn't hear that. His predecessor. Oh, I don't know. Next question. Yeah, go for it. Vieira, Hodgson, De Boer, Allardyce, Pardew. Ash Walton. Ash Walton. Crystal Palace. And it's going to be... Pulis? No, one Brim, point for Ash. Brimo. The other one. Brimo. Holloway. Incorrect. Oh, that was before Pulis, wasn't it? All right, move on. Question three. Santo, Mourinho... Pochettino, Sherwood, Viash Boas. Morgs Pompey. Morgs Pompey. It's Spurs, and I'm going to do Ash's trick of trying to think of the manager after I said the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I've got nothing, sorry. Ash Walton. Ash Walton. Redknapp. Correct. Well done, Ash. Oh, Ash has got three up. points, Morgs has got one so far. That's tough. It's a tough quiz, this. Next one. Guardiola, Pellegrini, Mancini, Hughes. Ericsson. Ash Bolton. Ash is going with the club every time. Manchester City. Is correct. And I've had a blank. I've had a blank. It's Brim- Brimo. Is it Pierce? Pierce is correct. Well done, Brim. Great show. That's good work. Next question. Bruce, Benitez, McLaren, Pardew, Hewton. Brimo. Low Taunton. Low Taunton. Newcastle United. Is correct. Keegan. Incorrect. Oh. Morgs Pompey. Morgs Pompey. Glen Roder. Incorrect. Class going back some, isn't it, Morgs? Yeah. What was the last oh, name right. you mentioned? Hewton. Hewton, before Hewton. Yeah. Br- Brim- Brimo. Permanent managers, we're saying. Uh, I was going to go for Shearer. It's correct. Oh. <laughs> oh, crikey. Next question. Benitez. Ancelotti, Silva, Allardyce, Koeman. Morgs Pompey. Morgs Pompey. Everton. Correct. David Moyes. No. Brimo. Brimo. Martinez. Martinez. That brings you one point behind Ash. Mm. Question seven. Hassenhutl, Hughes, Pellegrino, Puel, Koeman. Morgs Pompey. Pompey. Southampton. No idea who the manager is. Just claiming a point for the club. Oh, you're one behind as well. Southampton. Anybody going for the manager? Who, Who was, was the, the last, last one? one? You said? The previous one was Koeman. Brimo. Brimo. Was that Pochettino? It's correct. Draws level with Ash. We're oh. going into question eight. This is the best you've ever done. <laughs> question eight. Smith, Bruce, Di Matteo, Gard, Sherwood. Brimo. Brimo. Is Aston Villa. 
Aston Villa takes him into the lead. Um, and the manager, Gerard Houllier. Incorrect. Who was the last one again? Unless Ash gets this. Who was the last one, sorry, Kev? The previous one was Sherwood. Ash Walton. Go on, Ash, have a go. Martin O'Neill. Incorrect. Does that mean I've won the quiz? Bruno has won the quiz. (laughs) That's in. That was brilliant. Getting. Bruno's won the quiz. It was Paul Lambert. Of course, yeah, of course. Great quiz, Kev. Love that. It was a great quiz. What a great quiz. Yes. Well, I win one at some point. So um, that's good. That's a Is good. There another round, Kev? It was uh, no. We have no time. Do you know what? Do you know what? I was really worried tonight that we weren't going to have enough time to get forever. And as usual, we're just running out of time, even with just a few of us here. So great show. Love that. Love that. So if you're listening on uh, live on a Wednesday, thank you for joining us. If you're on the repeat Saturday, have a great day. Me and Kev hopefully um, are on our way to Warsaw. To well, not. Actually, I'm not worried if we go or not, Kev, to be honest. It'd be great to spend a day with you, but actually the rest of it I'm not that bothered about, to be totally honest with you. But um, anybody doing anything exciting at the weekend? Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup. Enjoy that, Louie. You'll be you. in front of that TV all uh, weekend. So. Uh, the Martin Belston Memorial match, isn't it? Yes, weekend, yeah. yes. That's we're looking forward to that. So me and Lance are on commentary on that. On um, on Sunday, so looking forward to that as well. So uh, I'm just going to see Aaron Lescott. Yeah, yeah, you're a little loving, a little Al- loving. Alfie's a mascot, isn't he? As well? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so the my, the boys, my, season my ticket boys, a mascot. So my season ticket oh. boys will be out in force. Does your missus know yet? It's just a charity game, Morgs, or is she just still um, thinking? Is I cannot confirm or deny, Brim. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I I think not confirming or denying is probably the, the strongest thing you can get away with right now. So. Uh, <laughs> Gonna go out with a bit of promo screen. It's Jack's Radio. It's the season to get lads. Say goodbye. Alumia. We'll see you same place, same time next week for more of this nonsense. Until then, be good. You are listening to the greatest sports show on the planet, The Season Ticket, in association with Inspired to Change Bristol, helping to get your life back on track.